Today on the show, we're talking about Cameron Dantzler. We're talking about defensive adjustments. We're talking about Mike Zimmer in the octagon. It's Twitter Tuesday taking your questions here on the Locked on Vikings podcast. You are Locked on Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everybody welcome to the locked on vikings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day thank you for making us the first listen of your day today's show is brought to you by rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need i'm your host your pal and the kid you copied off in math class my name is luke Braun. you can find me on twitter at luke Braun nfl you can find the show on twitter at locked on vikings today is twitter tuesday that means we are taking your questions we're talking about stuff in the seahawks game we're talking about all things existentially vikings and uh some stuff that doesn't belong in those categories so uh nothing much in the way of vikings news so far they uh re-signed blake brandle to the practice squad he was released in a procedural move as they were making some roster space before the game he cleared waivers he's on the practice squad so he can be elevated for whatever if the vikings still need him so that's nice i suppose but the real main course of the day is the mailbag i love these mailbag episodes we do them every tuesday here on the locked on vikings podcast also the podcast is on youtube free on all platforms but especially youtube where there's a video component so if you want to check that out that's great if you want to ask a question for the mailbag you can just leave a comment on youtube you can also do all the normal ways find me on twitter at luke Brunt nfl or at locked on vikings you can uh send an email to locked on vikings podcast at gmail.com there is a google form in the show notes if you'd rather do that find a way to ask me a question i'll find a way to answer it so let's start with a couple of questions that i got about ten thousand iterations of uh everybody asked something about what's up with bashad breland basically i'll go with the one from matt anderson what's up buddy he says, at what point do we start becoming concerned with Breland and are his mistakes fixable? So I think we're beyond concern. To me, concern evokes some level of uncertainty where we go, is he bad? Do we have to start worrying that he's bad? He's bad. He's been bad. He's ter- It's been awful, right? There's no ambiguity about this. So I don't know if like concern is a word. I don't know. The word concern always annoys me. It always, it's like we're sitting here like jittering over if Breland's bad. He's bad and it's a problem, but are his mistakes fixable? Here's the, the the way that I see what's going on with Bashad Breland. And I'm going to watch the tape uh, and come up with hopefully a more specific answer to this too. But the way that I saw it in the live watch and the rewatch and stuff, he's playing too soft right now. Zimmer gives cornerbacks all the leverage in the world to all the leeway in the world to decide if they want to play in press or off coverage. That is a a, a decision the cornerbacks make. They make it based on the alignment. They make it based on their read, on film study and stuff. Uh, A couple years ago, I actually had a conversation with Trey Waynes about this on Locked on Vikings. You can go back in the archives and listen to it if you want to, where he kind of described like it is a judgment call based on what they think would be best for that particular down and distance in situation. So... He's just choosing off coverage a lot in situations where he shouldn't be. And that's a coaching point. That's where you have to say, hey, you stop doing that. And, and if you can, you can get him to stop doing that, if you can get him to understand the differences a little bit better. And I don't know if in his previous places he was making those decisions, too. I know not all teams do that. A, a lot of teams will be in a little bit more control over their cornerbacks rather than kind of letting them make decisions for themselves. If he's not used to that, then... 
obviously that's going to be something he's not that good at. So you've got to kind of help him out there. You can also cover him up a little bit. If you're worried about him playing off too much because he's so scared of being beat deep, we'll give him help over the top so he doesn't have to worry about being getting beat deep. And then he can play cornerback the way he knows how to play cornerback. Um, and I think that's the adjustment. A lot of people ask, what was the adjustment that the Vikings made at halftime or whatever? I think that was the adjustment that they made, where they basically pulled Harrison Smith out of the box and they said, you got to help the shot Breland deep. I think we even caught Mike Zimmer. The broadcast, I think, caught Mike Zimmer telling that to Harrison Smith. I think that's what they were talking about. Um, I choose to believe it, at least. So are his mistakes fixable? Yeah, it's a hard thing to learn if you don't know it naturally. Um, but more so, I think they're kind of something you can paper over and and you'll do those you'll take those measures before you just pull a guy and bench him for a backup that's probably worse which brings me to the next question which another is another one that people asked 10,000 iterations of uh I went with the one from Connor M who said is it time to worry about Dantzler's future or is it too soon probably too soon to worry about like his future um you know guys go through weird development arcs and I think something we too often assume in the world of football players is that the guy they are today is the guy they were yesterday and that the guy they will be tomorrow. That's not necessarily true. The, the way a player plays right now, he might be having a bad streak of, the eight, of days and then he might've been way better last year and maybe he'll be better again next year. Um, you know, look at KJ Osborne. He was barely rosterable last year and now he's a pretty good wide receiver three for us um and you know look at guys that start well and then they fall off like it's just i mean cameron dancer might be that guy he might have played really well in 2020 2021 my guess still is that they asked him to gain a bunch of weight and then he did and then he got slow and then he was bad at cornerback and so that was a mistake um and if he loses the weight maybe he can get back to form and if that happened that would all make perfect sense to me so i don't think it's time to worry about him a lot of people really want him to go in over dantzler but like i kind of said there's a lot of schematic things you will do to kind of help breland out and you know don't leave him on an island don't leave him in on you know pure man coverage they're doing similar stuff to patrick peterson on the other side the vikings do this all the time right ask a corner to do what he can do and don't ask him to do any more than that and have the safeties kind of pick up whatever's left over that's, I think, just good coverage design. Um, and you can go through those paces before you just pull a guy and kind of hit the nuclear button and bench a guy. I, I think it's way easier to tweak the scheme to fit somebody's strengths and weaknesses than it is to uh, pull a starter and get used to a whole other guy who didn't beat the guy out in camp, by the way. So are we really sure somebody else is better, right? There's always the check my pin tweet on Twitter if you think it can't get worse than Bashad Breland. Um, Skull Smith asks, who would you rather see it? Who would you rather see do get out in the octagon? Dantzler and Breland or Zimmer and Chris Thomason? Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press. So obviously Zimmer and Thomason. That sounds hilarious. That sounds phenomenal. That was that I would pay pay-per-view for that. Let's get that thing booked. Let's go. $100 a ticket. Trubisky's Burner says, when will we see lineup or schematic adjustments from the defense to avoid coming out so flat early in games? What adjustments can you suggest? So I can't quite answer this yet uh, because I don't really know what Seattle did to the Vikings to make things so hard on them, but it seemed like the Seahawks just did some game plan stuff the Vikings didn't see coming and they had to figure it out on the fly. And that'll just happen to you sometimes. Um, but if that doesn't happen, obviously things might start off a little bit better. King Squeak says, which teams would Alexander Madison be a running back one on ignoring injured players? Um, I, I'm not familiar enough with everybody's run game to like name some teams. I don't know who likes the running back or who doesn't. Um, Madison to me feels like he belongs in a committee though, and not necessarily as a bell cow. 
Uh, he's a, a, a thumper. He bounces off a of contact. He made pretty good reads in the Seattle game, and that's really nice. Um, but he doesn't have uh, the, the burst, really, to be that constant home run threat that you need to be if you're going to be a, a Christian McCaffrey or a Dalvin Cook. So I think he he would be a featured part of a committee. You know, put him in put him in Arizona, and he can be a complement to Chase Edmonds. You know, that would be phenomenal. Um, but I think that's kind of like where he belongs. I got a lot more of questions that I want to talk to you all about, but I also want to talk to you about when you get gas for your car. It kind of sucks. Gas prices are high, man. They keep going up. But if you want to save a buck when you get some gas, get the Get Upside app. It is an awesome app that just lets you save some money at the pump. You get 25 cents off at the pump. And we have a promo code when you sign up at Get Upside. You can use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can get an extra 25 cents off per gallon at the pump. That's 50 cents off a gallon at the pump. If you're mad because gas prices went up to $3.50, well, they're back down to $3 now just for getting Get Upside and using promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can download the free app. It is the real deal. It is awesome. And you can get up to 50 cents off per gallon on your first tank just by using the promo code TOUCHDOWN. I also want to talk to you about Grambling Vikings at this juncture juncture are plus one and a half so they are one and a half point underdogs to cleveland at home so they're home underdogs again you might want to bet on that over under on that one's 52 and a half as well so if you don't believe in the vikings defense and you do believe in the vikings offense you might want to hit that over too if you would prefer you can find those lines and much much more you can find everything in pro and college football there's other sports going on wnb playoffs are going on uh baseball basketball everything at betonline.ag you can even find your favorite vegas casino games so log on play a little bit of blackjack who's going to stop you that is at betonline.ag and if you enter promo code nfl100 if you haven't signed up yet you sign up enter promo code nfl100 when you make your first deposit and betonline will match that deposit 100% match that means you put in 500 bucks they put in 500 bucks of theirs to your account as well you just get some free play money so head on over to betonline.ag enter promo code nfl100 if you haven't signed up yet and get a Gramblin at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Moving on with this mailbag, Rorschach Cousins asks, can we talk about Jordan Berry casually pinning the ball inside the five to end the game? That's a deeply unviking special teams thing to do. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Somebody else just said, like, can we just talk about Jordan Berry? Jordan Berry's been punting phenomenally. Um, he's really pinned a lot of stuff. He had a really clutch punt in overtime against the Bengals. Vikings couldn't catch in on it, but it pinned them at like the five. Um, and then he had this one that was just such a cool way to like ice the game. And on that play, uh, CJ Ham stole a dude's soul. Like he ended a guy on that punt. Uh, I think it was Ryan Neal, the safety for uh, the Seahawks. He just destroyed that guy. Really, really great stuff. I love watching good special teams play. And I've been more interested in watching punts this year. I don't know. They just they just captivate me. Uh, I Grady, like Kirk, says, if Darisaw practice, practices full this week and is healthy enough to play, when do you think he plays? Um, it's really hard to answer that question. It's when the Vikings are comfortable that he knows the calls. Uh, and when I say the calls, I'm talking about the protections. And protections are very, very complicated. A bit of a theme this week is going to be blitz pickups because the uh, the the Browns did an unbelievable job blitzing the, the Bears last week, um, and it gave Justin Fields all these fits, and the Vikings did a really, really good job picking up blitzes against the Seahawks, and I think it gives us a really good opportunity. There's a lot of teach tape in there. It gives us a good opportunity to understand more about how offenses handle blitzes, what kind of blitzes they handle, and all that stuff, so stay tuned for more about what I mean by that. Um, but if you're not familiar enough with all that stuff, and if you haven't gotten a lot of reps, it's going to be really hard to get familiar with all that stuff. 
If you're not familiar for all that stuff, you will be worse than the worst tackle you've seen on the Vikings. And I know how extreme that sounds, but a guy who's in the right place but loses will always be preferable to a guy who's not in the right place. That's just an inextricable fact of football. If you were in the wrong place, you didn't even contest the guy, and you might as well not exist. If you get in his way and lose, at least most of the time you slowed him down some. So it depends on when he's ready to play. That could, again, it's kind of the same as his injury. It could be tomorrow. It could be December. Um, but that's just kind of the way rookies come along, and that was always going to be a snag for him, even before the groin injury got worse than we thought. Uh, Drew Lock Enjoyer says, who can we attribute the defense turning around at half to most? Zimmer, pass rush, secondary. Who should I be praising? I need a narrative. So your narrative should be complimentary football, probably. Um, I think pulling Harrison Smith out of the box and making him more... Uh, you know, doing more too high safety stuff was a good adjustment. I think that helps. So give Zimmer that and I guess give that to Harrison Smith too to like help Bashad Breeland out and give Bashad Breeland some credit too for kind of, you know, taking his new assignment and doing much better at that. But I think the main thing is, uh, and I mentioned this uh, yesterday too, the Vikings took like eight minutes and then five minutes and then seven minutes off the clock in three drives and all of those drives ended in, I think all of them, I think one was a touchdown, two or field goal. So all those drives scored. And so you just kind of kept resting up your defense and scoring and extending the lead. And every time the Seahawks got the ball back, the situation was like a lot worse than the last time they punted it. Um, and I think that matters for morale. And obviously that just matters in a game situation sense. Um, so I think it's the offense made things very easy for the defense in the second half. Now, this they did a good job. And part of that's because of that. Uh, the, the adjustment they made in the secondary part of that is because the defensive line stopped getting caught in the wrong personnel. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that in a sec. But uh, yeah, I think the, the real answer is game script got real suddenly favorable for the defense. And a lot of that is because the offense worked. The run game worked. The pass game worked. They killed a lot of clock. Um, they just ran, you know, 11 play drives every single time. It's just going to give everybody some a chance to rest. And that really matters on defense. Chris asks, how did Everson's sack daddy celebration make you feel? Some kind of way, let me tell you. Uh, James Kuanu says, outside of Cousins, who had the best performance yesterday? So I, I will agree that Cousins probably had the best performance on the Vikings yesterday. I think PFF agrees with me, too. Um, I, I don't think many people would disagree. Kirk Cousins was phenomenal, right? Some other honorable mentions. Uh, Daniil Hunter in pass rush was very good. Um, I thought Brian O'Neill had a, a very good game. I think Bradbury, this is another thing that I'm going to have to circle back to when I can kind of explain more about what goes on in protections and blitz counters and stuff. Um, I think Bradbury did some really, really cool stuff in this one. I, I think he's more responsible for this win than meets the eye. But I'm not sure about that. I need to go watch more of the tape and I need to make sure I understand protections the way I think I understand them. I'm, I'm a little bit unsure of that right now. Um, so I'm not ready to like really turn that take into content yet. But I have a theory that Bradbury did some really, really cool stuff on the mental side of the game um, that absolutely contributed to that win. Eric the Red says, is the offensive line's success sustainable? Vikings did a good job of getting the ball out quickly, and that seemed to help. Can they just keep doing that? Um, so it was weird. The Seahawks just didn't stop blitzing, and the Vikings had very, very good blitz counters. Um, and that goes into what Bradbury did and what Cousins did in that game. And, and, you know, Clint Kubiak gets some credit for that as well, as well as the rest of the coaching staff. So against the Seahawks, the answer to that was yes, because the Seahawks didn't stop blitzing and the Vikings just kept calling screens against the blitz. And it was like, well, you're going to keep giving us this. We're going to keep taking it. And, and I think that's a really big indictment of Seattle 
Um, but it's not a knock on the Vikings. They took what the defense gave him, right? It's the cliche you always hear. Um, can they keep doing that is a much more interesting question. I think, can they keep doing exactly this? Of course not, right? Teams are not going to throw the same thing that Seattle just got killed on. They're not going to go copy that game plan, right? They're going to come up with their own and the Vikings are going to have to counter it in the way they have to counter that instead. But what that does give you is it kind of discourages things that would usually be a problem. If you killed the Blitz and the Vikings killed the Blitz in this game, the next team's going to be a lot more reticent to Blitz. And that's a good thing. Now you don't have to deal with as many blitzes. The the NFL season is an amoeba in this way. The challenge in front of you changes depending on what happened in the last game. And if you do something well, somebody's going to throw something different at you. And it's all very symbiotic and weird. Got a few more questions before we are through this mailbag. But first, let me talk to you about your car. Your car is very important and a little problem can turn into a big one. You know, a $100 repair can turn into a $10,000 repair way faster than you think. So get that weird noise checked out. Get your oil changed regularly. Get your transmission fluid checked. Bring your car in and get stuff done. If you want to try to save a buck in that process, one little trick that I've found some mechanics are open to is if you bring in your own part and you can say, just charge me for the labor, I can get the part a little bit easier. And you get the same part that they would have gone and ordered themselves at rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a car parts aggregator that can do a lot of that work for you. And they're letting you buy directly from the manufacturer, which means that like a retail auto parts shop or a mechanic, you know, they're all going to upcharge you. They got overhead. Rock Auto is an online business and they've been doing this, doing it this way for 15 years, letting you buy the same parts, but directly so you save money. Just enter your make, your year, and your model at rockauto.com. It'll sort through their insanely expansive catalog of car parts so you can find something that is compatible with your car. And at checkout, there is a How You Heard About Us section. Just let them know there that Locked On sent you. And if you don't, I'm never going to be able to put the buttings through med school. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Let us continue with this mailbag. The next one comes from Jeff Douglas, who says, what is the main cause of our poor run defense? We hardly ever hear the defensive tackles names mentioned during the game. Are they doing their job or is it something else? A bunch of people asked an iteration of this question. So here's what I'll say. To my eye, Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson are doing their jobs very, very well. A lot of times that job does not entail getting the tackle. A lot of times that job actually is the exact opposite. Their job is to bounce the the run over to somewhere else. Their job is to say, you cannot run this directly north-south. You have to bounce it outside and somebody else will go get the tackle. So you get crazy, gaudy Eric Kendrick's stat lines, right? But the run game was really, really successful against the Vikings in part in one drive when they found Everson Griffin and Sheldon Richardson as the defensive tackles, which is not what you want on running downs at all. That is a huge mismatch. And then they went no huddle and kept the Vikings from substituting. And that'll happen to you, right? And I think if you want like a more... I don't know, team building wide reason to something to blame for that. Um, that's more satisfying than it eh, happens. Uh, it's because the Vikings defensive line is so specialized. They do not have a guy that is all around good at everything. They failed to find that. And so the next best thing is to get kind of one guy that's good at each thing. And when your non-run personnel is that bad against the run, you're going to have a problem there. So I would say, I don't know, call it a problem with depth, call it a problem, a, a drawback of the way that they built the defensive line, but they have to do a better job of, keeping their personnel in the right situations. But that's really hard. You can come out with a run-heavy looking personnel and then do a pass play or, you know, vice versa, and you can get it up against the wrong personnel with the Vikings. That's what offenses are going to try to do all year. So it's not like the problem's going to go away. 
Tyler Fornes says, considering his limited usage, how much worse does the Herndon trade look now after seeing how well Conklin has played so far this season? Um, somebody suggested in the responses, made a good point that said, uh, it's you know good to have insurance anyways. It's a long season. Guy could get injured. So that's a good point for that too. But also... Um, I don't know. I, I didn't like the Herndon trade in the first place, but it was also kind of, it was a fourth for a sixth round swap. It was a, a swap of day three picks. That's going to be low octane. It's not nothing. There is definitely value to it. And you can say that maybe that's a loss. Um, but I think really Ben Ellison kind of breaking out as a really good blocker is pushing Herndon down the depth chart more than Conklin. You want to be able to have two tight ends out there and Herndon is still getting his run. He's a rotational player. And um, I think the it's like a fifth round pick about in value. If you look at the charts for the, the picks, the Vikings traded, of course, you only get him for one year and then you have to figure out if you want to keep him or not, but eh, whatever. Uh, the Mad says, I've seen Griffin a lot at three tech this year. Is he any good at it? Also, how is Greg Joseph's wife? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, Greg Joseph's wife is gone. I don't know how she is. Uh, and, and in terms of Griffin at three tech, good pass rusher, not a good run defender. Um, a, a thing that offenses have been exploiting as I explained. Vikings disappointment enthusiast says, if you could get one off season redo, what would it be? Prevent one signing, make one trade, etc. And, uh, afterwards I clarified with him, it has to be this off season. So I can't say like Diggs trade or whatever. Um, I would go probably, so I like the free agency pretty well. Um, even though it kind of was a slow burner free agency and they ended up, but you know, Xavier Woods, Mackenzie Alexander were great. I was a fan of the Patrick Peterson and Dalvin Tomlinson signings. I'll stand by those. I think those were decent ideas. I'm going to take the draft here. Uh, you just said off season. So I think the draft is fair game. I'm going to go in the draft. I'm going to go to the top of the second round. I'm going to trade up and I'm going to get one of these, uh, pass rushers that were so exciting. So I really liked uh, Carlos Basham from Wake Forest in the draft. Um, he went five picks before Kellen Mond. So instead of taking Kellen Mond, I will trade, I don't know, the Jalen Twyman pick or something, or, you know, trade up fifth down to a sixth or something to get up five spots in the second round. Um, and I would take Car or whatever it takes. I don't know. I don't know the chart in front of me. Uh, and I would take Carlos Basham. That would be my offseason redo. Extra early draft enthusiast says, if the Vikings had the first overall pick in the 2022 draft, who would be your choice? So a thing you got to know about me, I will never, I have no idea. I, I don't even begin to look at the draft until like after free agency. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be able to answer this question in February either. I don't know, Sam Howell, he's a quarterback, right? Him. Uh, scoliosis but it's the skull, you get it, says, is it bad that I'm so traumatized by Vikings kickers that my butt clenches every time they come onto the field? No, that's normal. That's that's how that's supposed to work. Uh, and finally, last one I'm going to take for this is from Goggles, who says, is it my fault the Packers came back and won? Uh, yes. Yeah. You know what you did, man. Uh, so tomorrow, I'm really excited about tomorrow's podcast. Please come listen to tomorrow's podcast uh, and or, or read the article or anything. It is about protections. It is going to be about Garrett Bradbury, going to be about Kirk Cousins, going to be about what the Vikings did in this Seattle game. And I'll also get to some other film insights too. I'll, I'll try to get shed more light on Bashad Breland if I can, shed more light on defensive adjustments and how guys did and stuff like that. But I really, really want to focus on protections and adjustments. We're going to do a little bit of football 201, if you will. I'm really, really excited about it. So thank you for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Bets podcast. Get your gramble straight with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL, posting clips of all 22, hopefully. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I'll see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.